You know, feelings of insignificance, they're not uncommon to many people. So life has a way of putting us in our place so our pride doesn't well up and overtake us. You know what happens then? That's when fear and doubt make their appearance in our thinking. Fear comes from facing the unknown. Doubt comes from seeing one's inability to face that unknown. Today we're going to open up in the book of Judges, chapter 6, here on Newark Radio and the Hope Club podcast, Dave Therrien with you. And we're going to see how to handle fear and doubt by watching a man named Gideon. You might have heard of the Gidster. Popular story, we're going to revisit it today. Now, as they were often found doing, the nation of Israel had gone against God by committing all sorts of evil. And God would often discipline Israel when they did that. Uh, so he raised up the Midianites to discipline them. Uh, the people of Israel found refuge in the mountains, the caves, the strongholds, wherever they could hide. What is a stronghold? It's a place of safety. And uh, to make matters worse, the Amalekites and another group called the Sons of the East, they joined up with the Midianites to come against Israel. Perhaps they were a nation from uh, Arabia. So here we have at least three nations coming up against one. And these enemies of Israel, they came in at planting time and they ruined their crops. They also took their livestock. They left nothing for them to live on. And we see the record of it in Judges chapter 6, verse 3. For it was when Israel had sown, that means they planted their seed in the springtime, that the Midianites would come up with the Amalekites and the sons of the east and go against them. And so they would camp against them, what? And destroy the produce of the earth, As far as Gaza, oh, think about it. Back in those days, the Israelites were living in Gaza. And they would leave no substance in Israel, as well as no sheep, ox, or donkey. Man, they ravaged the place, destroyed the farms, took their livestock. Remember, they were under discipline. So once again, the people prayed to God that he would deliver them. In verse 9, God said, I delivered you from the hands of the Egyptians and from the hands of all your oppressors and dispossessed them before you, and I gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. You shall not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not obeyed me. Repeat performance once again. But then God moved. And here's the point. All is not hopeless as long as you can pray. Ah, It's good to remember. 
all is not hopeless as long as you can pray. Yes, we can get ourselves in bad situations, but that doesn't mean you can't pray. So they prayed. And the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and called him a valiant warrior. Now, at this time, Gideon was not a valiant warrior. At least in the sense of fighting, he was more of a warrior than a warrior. Worrying if the Midianites would come and take his food too. So Gideon was a man, first of all, full of doubt. He doubted the favor of God in verse 13, where it says, But he said, But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. He doubted God's favor. He doubted his own ability in verse 15. Oh Lord, how shall I deliver Israel? Behold, my father's the least in Manasseh, and I'm the youngest in my father's house. He doubted what God said to him in verse 17. If now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who speaks with me. See, Gideon was a man steeped in doubt. But you know the great thing about God? God meets Gideon where he is. God met him there. Gideon prepared a sacrifice before the angel of the Lord. And when the angel of the Lord touched it with his staff, it burst into flames. Then Gideon said, Oh, I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. He knew he had a divine encounter, a divine experience with God. See, the angel of the Lord wasn't an angel of the Lord, Lord, it was the angel of the Lord. It was the pre-incarnate Christ. Gideon was like the guy in Mark chapter 9, where a father brought his son to Jesus, who was demon-possessed. And Jesus asked him if he believed that he could heal him. And the man said, I do believe. Help my unbelief. See, we oftentimes believe, but we have a reservation in our belief, a faith in reserve, so to speak. Maybe you've been there. You believe, but you still have your reservations. This is where Gideon was. You know, I think of Thomas, too, when Thomas doubted that the disciples had really seen the Lord. And you know what Jesus did? He came back a second time. He didn't rebuke Thomas, but he met him where he was. Jesus does that. He meets us where we are. He became a human to meet us where we are. So let's watch Gideon. The Lord told him to tear down the idols of his father and erect an altar to him. And the principle is that if Gideon was going to make things right for the nation, he must first make things right in his own home. Gideon, get your family right. They had what's called the Asherah, the Canaanite goddess of fertility. And what the nations did, they blended their religions together, creating a polytheistic religion. They had many, many gods. They all worshipped, oh, innumerable gods. The Asherah was a tree or a grove of trees regarded as a house of deity, a place of worship. Branches 
would be applied to the tree trunk to symbolize the tree of life. The sin of the Israelites was that they too assimilated some of the gods of the nations. That's why God brought the discipline. They didn't stand strong in their own faith. They compromised their faith, and they blended in with the other nations. So God is telling Gideon, listen, you got a clean house, starting with your own, because your father, he did that. So Gideon obeyed, but he did it at night. <laughs> Why? Hey, it was still a little fearful. Maybe kind of like Nicodemus, right? Coming to Jesus at night. He came to him, but he came at night. Remember earlier he said his house was the least in the land? So he takes ten men servants with him to tear down the idols. Now, fear and doubt, tell me if you ever did this, can cause you to exaggerate the facts. Okay? In other words, the storm is all, the, st- the storm, it's, it's always stronger than it really was. The darkness is always darker. The sadness is always sadder. So Gideon, he, he's kind of fearful of taking down these trees, so he brings more men with him. So where have we, where have we found Gideon? Let's kind of track with Gideon what's going on in his life. First of all, he's hiding from the Midianites. Then he has an encounter with God. He has faith, but he has some faith in reserve. He obeyed Christ the pre-incarnate Christ, but he was still fearful. But he did it anyway. Now it's time for the deliverance from the enemies of Israel. So in verse 36, Gideon said to God, If you will deliver Israel through me as you have spoken, behold, I will put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. The threshing floor is where he was grinding the grain. So the Midianites wouldn't find him. That's where he met God. He said, I'll put a fleece, a sheepskin of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece only and it is dry on the ground, then I will know that you'll deliver Israel through me as you have spoken. So Gideon, he's a bold bargainer, but he's a doubtful doer. A bold bargainer, but a doubtful doer. Aren't we like that sometimes? We find it easy to negotiate with God, or debate with God, or even argue with God, but when it comes to doing the right thing, we easily fall short. Someone lives their life without a relationship with God, even a belief in God. And then something bad happens, and you know what they do? They blame God for it. They blame God for the very thing that happened, yet they never believed in him, or they never had a relationship with him. And so it was in verse 38, when Gideon arose in the morning, and he squeezed out the fleece, he drained the dew from the fleece, a bowl full of water. God honored his request. The the ground was dry, the fleece was wet, He wrung out the fleece, he got a bowl of water. Now, you would think, Gideon, he's ready for battle, right? Thank you, Lord. Where's my sword? Let's go. 
The Lord gave him his word. He accepted his sacrifice. He worked a miracle with the fleece. Here comes Gideon again. Now he goes to God in verse 39. Do not let your anger burn against me. But I have one more request. Let me make one more test with the fleece. Let it now be dry on the fleece and let the ground be wet with dew. Gideon wants now a reverse miracle. And this is more difficult than the first one because if the ground is wet, the fleece is going to soak up the dew. And you know what God did in verse 44? He answered his request. Oh, God is graceful. God is graceful. God did so that night, for it was dry on the fleece, and dew was all on the ground. And the point of this narrative is, God is a God of grace. He met Gideon right where he was, in his fear and in his doubt. And I think that's a telltale sign that he'll do that with us too. You might have times of fear. God will meet you there. You will have times of doubt. God will meet you there. Okay? God will meet you where you are in your own life situation. Why? Because the Bible says in Psalm 103, verse 13, Just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our frame, and he is mindful that we are but dust. See, God knows our weakness. He knows our flaws, our inabilities. And we're like babes, and we need encouragement. And God will always meet us there. Fear and doubt do not exclude you from the plan of God. God is for you. He's not against you. And he will do all that he can to help you succeed. He will. He knows our frame. He knows we're made from the clay of the ground. You know what John said in 1 John 5, 4? Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Faith is important. Now, I know sometimes it wavers. Sometimes our faith needs a kickstart. But when it does, God will be there to start it. He met Gideon. Gideon, what do you want me to do? You want wet ground and dry fleece? You got it. Oh, now you want dry ground and wet fleece? You got it. Whatever it takes, Gideon, I will reveal myself to you. Thomas, what's up with you? Oh, you don't believe it's me? Look at the wounds in my hand. Put your hand in my side. See that it's me. Oh, my Lord and my God. That's what he said. See, God knows our doubts and our fears are real. 
They're real. Because they're part of the sin nature in every person. We all have a sin nature. And in that sin nature, there are doubts. And there are fears. But here's what we need to know today. Faith is greater. Do you believe that? That faith can be greater than any doubt that you might have and any fear that you might have. Because Gideon went on. Oh, yeah. Gideon went on, and you know what? God tested him again. And he started off with like, I don't know, 20,000 men. And God reduced his army. He said, you got some men in your army. They're afraid to fight. Send them home. And thousands of them left. And then he said, I want you to go down to the river. We're going to do a water test. Whoever sticks their head down in the water to drink, I want you to send them home. Whoever brings the water up in their hand to their face, those are the ones you can fight. You can fight with. You know how many Gideon ended up with? 300. And he went against three nations, totally outnumbered. But now his faith was great. His faith became greater than his doubts. His faith became greater than his fears. And he won to battle because he knew, here it comes, the Lord goes with him. That was the key. The Lord goes with him. It wasn't that he had 300 UFC fighters on his side. No, the Lord went with them. That's why they won. When you've got faith in God, you get the victory. Faith is greater. When you feel doubt and you feel fear welling up inside of you, know some things. Know that, number one, God is gracious and he will meet you right where you are. Maybe you've said, God, I do believe. Help my unbelief. That's okay. God will say, I'll help you. I will meet you right where you are. The fact of the incarnation, God becoming man, is dynamic proof that God meets us where we are. He did it to the umpteenth degree by becoming one of us to meet us right where we are. Never forget that, okay? And then secondly, your faith in his word and then abiding in what he says, that is what you need to conquer those foes. Trust. But trust can't be just the head knowledge. It has to have feet. There has to be an application of the Word of God. We have to go forward in the Word of God. Like we talked about with Joshua. When God said to Joshua, you're going to cross the Jordan River when it flows at its highest and its fastest. And I'm going to stop the water. But not until the priest walk into the water. After they walk into the water, then I'll stop it. What is that? That's the application of what God says. That's faith. Faith is in the doing. Okay? Faith is is in the doing. What did James say? Faith without works, that's a dead faith. Gets nothing done. 
So we're, we're actually, I believe, putting God to the test when we abide in his word, trusting that he's going to come through. Whether it's stopping the water, potting the Red Sea, conquering the enemies, giving you that victory that you're looking for in your own life, whatever it might be. Faith. And how do we get this kind of faith? Romans ten seventeen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We cannot underestimate the value of Scripture. We can't. That's why I, you know, I'm, I try to be diligent in presenting Scripture in many ways and in many times. Obviously, two services a week, one on Sunday, one on Wednesday here at New Hope, a daily radio program presenting Scripture, the Hope Club devotionals, Emails that go out to people that support support New Hope Radio. They get an email every Monday through Friday. What is it? More scripture. Now Instagram, 6 a.m., Monday through Friday. You can be part of it. All you have to do is get an Instagram account and wake up early. <laughs> if you don't want to wake up early, you can watch it later. David Therian, 6034, Instagram. Why? Because faith comes by hearing. And we want to build your faith. We want you to be strong in faith because this world is crazy with a capital C. And I believe we're bordering on end times events. I don't believe things will get much better. I think things will begin to dwindle and fall apart in this country and in this world. And that's why we need to stand firm in our faith, as Paul said. Stand firm. Put on that armor of God. Oh, yeah. Grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can't stop growing. You can't stop growing. You have to develop that faith muscle. You know why? Because we're going to come up against tremendous opposition. Great obstacles will face the Christ follower. They will. And it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be like, give your life to Jesus and everything will work out fine. No, give your life to Jesus and enter the battle. That's the altar call. Enter the battle. We're on the battlefield, and the battle is ramped up when you walk with Christ because now the enemy has taken notice of you. But we need, we need to stand firm and not be ignorant of Satan's schemes and devices. And we will become victorious, as John said. This is the victory that that has overcome the world, our faith. So what I like about Gideon, he started off like, you know, many of us are. Fearful, doubters, trying to protect himself. And then God got a hold of him. And yes, he argued with God and negotiated with God and debated with God, put God to the test. But the Lord met him where he was. And finally, Gideon, just like many of you, believed God. And he went forward. He went forward in faith, just like many of you. You're going forward in faith. And when you go forward in faith, you will get the victory. Why? Because the battle 
belongs to the Lord. That's why. See, we don't go on our strength. We go on the strength of God. You know, when David fought Goliath, he didn't say, I'll take you down. What was he, 5'4"? He wasn't that big. He was a teenager. But he said he he went in the name of God. God gave him that victory. Every time Israel won a battle, God gave them that victory. When Moses led the people out of Egypt, God gave him that victory. Time and time and time again, God comes through. Why? Because he's looking for faith. Faith pleases God. Without faith, Hebrews 11.6, it's really impossible to please God. So what's on the agenda for us is to grow in our faith. That's where it starts. We've got to grow in our faith. And God has given us all these Bible characters to learn from them, to read their stories, to be encouraged by them. Yes, sometimes they got it wrong when they wavered in their faith, and then other times they got it right because they were strong in their faith. And so it is with us. But you know what? Through it all, God remains faithful. God remains graceful. And God remains faithful. That's why we don't fear. That's why we don't doubt. We fear as in a reverential, respectful fear. But we don't doubt. We'll get another guy coming up next time. Joseph. Joseph. Oh, what a life. What a life. Maybe with Joseph, we're going to learn how to stay sexually pure. It's not something the world thinks is a virtue, but God does. So join me next time as we look at Joseph. Want to hear this message again? The Hope Club Podcast. It's all you need to know. Go to the Hope Club Podcast. Right there on top is going to be Gideon. He'll be there waiting for you. And he'll say, let me tell you my story. And share it with others. Let people know about the Hope Club Podcast. New Hope Radio. It's so important, like I said. Let's keep growing in God's Word and make an application of the things that He's teaching us. Thanks for coming along today. We'll see you next time.